Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Curtis. And this is the Launchpad for Pomona Valley Church. listening today to the launch pod. Pomona Valley Church is a new church community in Southern California, and here on the Launch Pod, we share the sermons from our Sunday time of worship together. But right now, as we're in a series about finding your rhythm, we're also creating these extra podcasts to talk about some concrete ideas that might help you begin to form some new habits or try some new practices to connect with Jesus. So you may find that you want to try one of the practices that we suggest here, or you might use these to jog your imagination for a practice that might fit in your everyday life. That's the goal is to find some practices, one, maybe two, that we can try this week, experiment with, to see if they might be a good addition to our rhythm of life in this season. This last sermon, I talked about how following God is about, in part, knowing God, knowing God's character, knowing God's action in history, and at the same time, It's about knowing the world and what's going on and what it might mean then to respond Christianly to what we see in the world. But a lot of it starts with knowing. And so today we have just a few ideas for practices that might help cultivate knowing God and some practices that might help cultivate knowing the world as a follower of God. Okay, so let's start with God. Meredith, what is our first practice that might help one to know God? It's going to be radical, Curtis. I can't wait. Read the Bible. Whoa. We can't not suggest scripture reading as a way to better know God, but here would be a more specific idea for you if that isn't enough to go on. I know that when I was kind of first coming to reading the Bible, I did it often in snippets or I did it searching for verses that sort of jumped out to me or felt relevant to what was happening in my life. There is a whole other way of reading scripture that I didn't come to for quite a while, and it's to read chunks, whole chunks of scripture at a time, and not necessarily be looking for anything about my current situation, but just reading along with what's going on in the passage. I know that In particular, one of the practices that helped Scripture come alive to me and help me see what God was doing in the story of Scripture was to read it aloud, especially the letters in the New Testament. There's a whole bunch of letters written by Paul, especially, to communities. And so sometimes I actually read them out loud and I try to read the way I talk and imagine the voice of Paul and the voices of the community that would have read the letter aloud Because it animates that in a whole new way. It brings the story to life that there were real people trying to listen for what God was doing among them. And so reading the Bible, because it reveals God, certainly, but especially the idea of reading chunks of scripture or reading those scripture pieces aloud, you might find brings God to light in some new ways for you. You can get at kind of the big picture stories and themes and stuff in a different way than if you're just reading a couple verses at a time as kind of a devotional practice or something like that. Exactly. So that's our first incredibly radical suggestion for a practice that might help you know God a little better. Read the Bible. What's next? Our next idea for a practice would be to read things that other Christians are writing. Whether they are Christians who share your perspective and theological understanding or whether they're Christians who stretch you as far as how they view theology, scripture, or the world. When we were together, Dan Lundberg brought this as a practice for us to try together in person. 
he brought a variety of excerpts from different writers. And in just a couple quick paragraphs, each of them was making a point. And while they all have much more expansive writing, even in that short sample, people were able to get a sense of the idea and then dialogue about it. And the dialogues were really rich conversations that brought our own stories and what this author was saying and questions that we might have. And it's worth noting that the samples Dan brought, they weren't necessarily devotional books by any means. They were just Christian writers who were trying to thoughtfully engage important questions. If this would be a new practice for you, we have some writers that we could recommend, and we will link to that in the show notes, which you can find at PomonaValleyChurch.org. Yeah, this can take lots of different forms and be writing on lots of different topics, not just about the Bible or about theology, but also about the world. I know one of the things that I have found to be impactful for my own life in this space, because I'm a nerd, is to read kind of more scholarly work like N.T. Wright or Richard Hayes or other writers and scholars. There's something for me about how a scholar who has really dived deep into studying scripture in a way that I just don't have time for um, opens up all sorts of things about God and about the Bible that I don't notice otherwise. And that has been really impactful for me. There's something about the way that a passage comes alive or clicks together with another passage and it all starts to make sense and you see the consistencies of God's character through all of scripture that is really important to me and to my own uh, devotion even if this is more of a head practice than a heart practice as some people like to divide those in that way I wouldn't by the way can you hear the air quotes that Curtis just put around those words? Yes. Um, but it, this is admittedly a more heady sort of practice, but I find that my heart and my head aren't quite as disconnected as some people seem to think they might be. I think Curtis says this is his practice just so he has a reason to buy more books. I'm shocked, shocked that you would even suggest such a thing. And of course, if the highly academic writers are not your flavor, that's okay. There's still great, thoughtful writing from other Christians that can expand or raise new questions about who God is and what God is up to in really helpful ways. So that's our second idea. Thank you to Dan Lumberg. The practice of just reading what others are writing and allowing it to get help us get to know God more. So read the Bible. Read stuff that thoughtful Christians have written about God or the Bible or the world? And then what is our third practice for knowing God? Our third idea for a practice that would help us get to know God better is to pray a psalm. This is a practice that Christians have used for a long, long time. Well, that God's people have used for longer than Christians have been around, I suppose. But using the psalms as prayers that can be read aloud or read in your mind, um, but you identify with the words that are on the page and use it as your own words to God. And the value of the Psalms in particular is that a lot of them are naming the attributes of God. If the point is to better understand God's character and action in history, Psalms are places that name God's character as the writer understands it and tells the story of what God has done for the people at that time. And so it can be a great template and a great cultivator of our understanding of who God is. You could pick lots of psalms to do this, of course. Well, any of the psalms to do this, of course. But Psalm 25 is one that we identified as maybe a good place to start if you'd like to try this practice. So those are our three jumping off points, ideas that could be part of your rhythm that help you continue to get to know God more, that you would read the Bible, especially trying whole chunks or reading sections of it aloud with imagination, reading what thoughtful Christians are writing and praying the psalms that remind us of the attributes and work of God. 
And so then there's the other side, that following God is about knowing what's happening in the world around us. Curtis, what is our first idea for a practice that would help us better know the world as a follower of God? Well, this one's pretty simple and obvious maybe, but pay attention to the news, whether that's on TV or in a newspaper or online. Some of us spend a lot of time paying attention to the news. Others of us kind of don't really like to engage with that so much and don't want to know all the ins and outs because it depresses us or makes us feel cynical or hopeless or whatever it might be. But if we are going to try and know the world that God calls us to, there's some real value in knowing what's going on in that world and what the concerns are of the people around us in that world. Dan Lumberg actually shared a story with me of being a young person at one of the conferences that they hold where they invite folks together and there's music and worship and speakers and so on. And he was there as an attendee. And he remembers a speaker once telling this group of college-aged folks that for many of you, the most important spiritual thing you can do after leaving this conference, this wonderful spiritual place, is to go home and subscribe to the newspaper. And the speaker was making the point that to better know what is happening in this world God loves would help you to follow God more faithfully in the world. So that's our first suggestion, that you could have a practice of reading the news that becomes a spiritual practice for you. Curtis, what's our second idea for a practice? The second one kind of takes that idea and takes it a step further, which is to identify some local or global issue and then doing something of a deep dive on it, trying to understand it and learn about it and read about it to figure out what exactly is going on and what the different factors are, what makes it complicated, and in the process, be listening for how God might be inviting you to engage in that issue. One example that comes to mind for me About three years ago, I had the chance to travel to Israel-Palestine, and that trip was primarily about doing a deep dive into the conflict and becoming better informed and educated about the complexity of the conflict and the efforts that are being made on both sides for peace. So that meant I did some pre-reading, and then during the trip, we had multiple hours at a time with a guest who would share their story or their experience or their work. And so it was a bit of an information overload, but as the details of all that sort of settle and sift, I find that I'm much more able to understand what's happening in that region than I would have been otherwise. And it doesn't always mean you have to travel to that location by any means. My point is simply, it's a complex global issue with implications for the United States and with implications for people of faith. And so understanding it better has helped me, I believe, to be a more faithful follower of God when it comes to that particular issue. And then the third practice is a little bit different, Meredith. What's that? The third we are saying would be, who is my neighbor? By this we mean, what if you engaged in a practice of better knowing who is actually around you in your community? You might know at least some of that answer, but what if for a little while you paused with what you thought you knew and you just revisited the question, who is my neighbor? That might mean you get online and find some census data and figure out who is actually around you in a five-mile radius, for example, and what are, you know, what broadly makes up the population in your community. But it also might mean that you do something a little bit more atypical, like find a spot where you get a good cross-section of your neighborhood and sit there and watch who's coming around for an hour or so. So this is people watching as a spiritual practice. 
Exactly. When I was in seminary, I took a youth ministry class with Chap Clark, and that, this was actually an assignment that we had in the class, was to find a spot in our local, in our town, where teenagers hung out, and to go get a seat and just sit and watch and see what are they talking about? How are they relating to one another? How are they dressed? What are they doing? Are they buying things or not? Are they just hanging out? Like Just paying attention to who these people are. What makes them tick? What do they care about? All of those things that really get into who who really are these people around me. So that was specifically with teenagers, but there are certainly spots that um, that lots of people just are streaming through in your town. It could be at a mall. The patio of a coffee shop. I know that I actually do this in miniature by choosing to drive through my neighborhood sometimes because we have a park at the center. And so I will sometimes take the long way to drive by the park just to kind of take a peek at who's in my park and what are they up to, what's happening in my neighborhood. The unconventional spiritual practice of people watching is not going to make you an expert in anybody's story, but it might help spark your curiosity or bring to light something you didn't know before. It also might just help push on your assumptions about who's around and who makes up your near community. So read the news, do a deep dive on some local or global issue, and people watch. Those are our suggestions for how you might get to know the world a little bit better. Now, our point in this series about finding your rhythm is not for you to now go and think that you need to do six new things in order to go be a good Christian. We would like for you to consider what one thing might be worth trying out one time just to see how it feels and fits. The goal is not to have a set of spiritual practices. The goal is to live deeply connected to Jesus. And these practices are tools to that end. And so we offer these suggestions because maybe one of them is the right one for you, or maybe it sparks a different idea that would be the right one for you. But ultimately, the goal is to have a way to do your regular life deeply connected to the love Jesus has for you and the love Jesus has for the world around you. That's it for this episode of The Launch Pod. Thanks for listening. We love you all. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.